Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Feeding and Leading Podcast. Uh, as always, joined by my friend, Andy Taylor. Andy, how are you doing, man? I'm doing very well. Looking forward to this episode particularly. Well, what we want to do in this episode is build on the last one. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to the the last episode, the previous episode, might be a good idea to, to listen to that before this one. In the last episode, we talked uh, not 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 the nuts and bolts of a sermon preparation, but we talked more about the schedule. How does a bivocational pastor or a busy pastor, uh, how does he schedule out his sermon prep? What does it look like Monday to Saturday? And we, we talked about that. But one of the things that we talked about in the previous episode that makes it easier on a pastor in scheduling his preaching and really scheduling his sermon prep is to preach through books of the Bible. And so we want to talk about that today. How does a pastor go about preaching through a book of the Bible? And maybe it's a good place for us to just begin by by maybe kind of going through what are some of the benefits of preaching through a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So how would you answer that one? What are the benefits of that? Well, I I think primarily one of one of the biggest benefits of preaching through the through books of the Bible, I'll speak anecdotally. <clears throat> I cannot tell you how many times I had church members who came and said, going book by book through books of the Bible, it's it's almost like I see the way that you're studying the scriptures from week to week mm-hmm. and how you've tied them together. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. We were given – we weren't given verses we were given books, right? And for pastors to be able to put all that together uh, week by week, uh, you are keeping people not only in the proper context, but you are yeah. giving them the overall theological stream mm-hmm. that runs through each of those thoughts mm-hmm. uh, of Paul or um, the gospel writer or whoever it might be, and. And you have the chance to drill it home right. week after week after week because, let's face it, you can't remember what you preached last week. They can't. <laughs> That's right. But they'll be reminded. Yeah. I think the key word you said there is context. Yeah. When, when you're preaching through a book of the Bible, uh, it, it just puts everything in, in such context because what, 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 what Paul says in Ephesians 4 – is related to what he said in Ephesians one, and, and and so the yeah. literary, there there's a literary context, there's a theological context that you are really uh, uh, capitalizing on, amplifying when you're preaching through a book of the Bible, and you know I, I think it's important that our, our our hearers don't hear us saying, hey, if you're not preaching through a book of the Bible, you're doing it wrong. No, that, that, not at that, all. That's not what we're nope. trying to say at all. Right. But one of the reasons we want to bring this up based on the previous episode is another benefit of preaching through the Bible, which is it's it's so much easier on the pastor mm-hmm. in terms of time and scheduling and prepping. Yes. And if you're a bivocational, you're a busy pastor, 
uh, actually, you know, preaching through a book of the Bible is so good because, as we said in the last episode, when you preach through a book of the Bible, not once will you ever say, wow, I wonder what text I'm going to preach on Sunday. Right. You know, I got to come up with something to preach. And that's, that's a tough part. But if you have that answered and you already have it planned out, then it just makes it that much easier on you. And then you, rather, than, rather than spending time in a week trying to dig through, trying to figure out what am I going to preach on this Sunday, you already know. Yeah, you don't have to look for the quote – I'm air quoting now – the inspiration. Because let's remember, it is the text that's inspired. Yes, that's right. And I think to go right with that, one of the objections I've heard about preaching through a book of the Bible is, is, is people have said, oh, well, your people will get bored with that. <laughs> you know, I've never, never, ever had that because each each sermon, each passage, even though it is intricately related in a context, still has a standalone feature to it. That's right. You know, and it – because – I think the I think the misnomer is if you preach through a book of the Bible, you're like preaching the same sermon every Sunday. <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. No, that's exactly right. The only way that that happens is if a pastor is not working diligently right. to really look at. Yeah. I know we're hammering this, yeah. but that central idea of yeah. the text yeah. that. That thematic statement yeah. week after week. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about it then for a okay. minute. Okay. Uh, let me kind of start with what I have done, what I do in prepping, preaching through a book of the Bible. And then you, you let's hear what you do, and, and okay. we can give our listeners kind so, of some, some rough ideas. So you're not talking about prepping the first sermon. You're talking no. about looking at the overall no. picture. Okay. So, so here's what I would do. What I would do is even even in the fall, even as early as October. Okay, now I've I, I already know what I'm preaching through Christmas because I've already planned it. Okay, yeah. And again, another benefit if you've already got all this planned out, it actually gives you a little bit more time to think through. Um, okay, getting into the next year. All right, so October, I would really start thinking and praying about uh, what 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 book or books of the Bible do I want to preach through next year. At my church. Now, sometimes one book of the Bible will do the whole year. The last thing I did before I left Emmanuel is I preached through Hebrews. Hebrews took like Hebrews took like 45, 47 sermons. Mm-hmm. It was a whole year right there. Sometimes you're going to preach through a book of the Bible that doesn't take the whole year. James. Yeah. Right? Or Job. Titus. I mean, not Job, Jonah. Jonah. You know, Job yeah. would take the whole year. Yeah, yeah, Job um, but yeah, or a Titus or something like that. Yeah, you may preach through two books of the Bible. You may be in the Minor Prophets and preach through three of them. Yeah, uh, you may want to break that up with a series. And I think it's important for us to say here: you can preach a topical series and still be an expositional preacher. Yes, it's like okay, I'm going to do a series on marriage. And here's 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 five sermons on marriage. Yep. I'm going to use five different texts, but each sermon is still the explication of a biblical text. Yeah, so I'm going to start with Ephesians 5 and I'm I'm going to look at the total context of that from mm-hmm. the whole book of Ephesians. I'm going to develop a central idea of the text. I'm going to preach that text. I'm not going to come up with right. my I'm going to I'm not going to use that 
text and then come up with my own ideas that I want to say about. Right. Yeah. Right. You're going to preach the text. And then yeah. and then the next week, maybe I come out of First Peter, and the next week yeah. I come out of Matthew chapter s- yeah. 7 or whatever. And you can still be creative yeah. in right. how you put all that together. Yeah. And, and, and again, the importance of you as the pastor are feeding your flock. And I know when preaching through books of the Bible – the, my church would, I, you know, as as its leader, I, I would sense, hey, we're in a season right now, and what we really need to, do, you know, we need to hear from Hebrews, right? You know, because so yes. much was going on in in our our culture about, and that whole idea in Hebrews about just you know nothing, no one, no ideology is greater than Jesus. Yes, and yep. uh, so so anyway, so back. Wait, Todd, let me let me just jump to say this real quick too, like coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt like our church needed to to hear something about a joyful life. Yeah. So I preached through Philippians. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to read your. That's right. You got to read your congregation. That's right. This is not just willy nilly picking yeah. a book. Yeah. And and your congregation maybe you're maybe you're new to your church. Uh, yeah. Your church isn't doing very well on really living it out, okay? Man, here comes James or the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, you, you know, right. Okay. So October, I'd pray about it, think about it. I'd try to I'd, – I'd get it in my mind, and I'm just going to use for for clarity and ease of illustration here when I did Hebrews. Okay, so I'm going to preach through one book of the Bible the following year, and let's say it's the book of Hebrews. So here's what I would do. I would – I would, I would sometime in early November, I would read through the whole book without stopping. And again, sometimes people say, well, that, you know, what, what would it take to read the whole book of Hebrews without stopping? I don't know, 20 minutes or something like that. It's not a long, daunting thing. I would read through it without stopping. And then I would read through it again. And on my reread of it, I would maybe take some notes, and I would begin to look for the preachable portions of the book. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I'm reading through. I'm reading through the first chapter of Hebrews. Okay, I see in this first chapter four sermons. Right, and there's even some good helps on that. Like if you have an NASB translation. You know, each what a pericope, each each kind of paragraph, uh, kind of a kinda. paragraph, like it's a little bit like what we that. would call a paragraph. Like, yeah. hey, there's kind of one general idea here, and then when he's moving to a next general idea, well, the NASB will boldface the number, like 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 yeah, like chapter one, verse one, will be boldfaced. Yeah, and then like you know, okay, he's going to talk about whatever. What, I'm I'm trying to think of some examples. Well, so. Hebrews one, if I'm not mistaken, Hebrews one one through three. And then verse four is is bold faced again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or you could take like a you could take like a Colossians the yeah. first eighteen verses. Yes. You know all that cosmic Christ, all the you know all that stuff. So you can kind of follow that as a little bit of a guide. But I I want to read that and look at that, and I'm I'm beginning to think what are the preachable portions of each part of this book, and then the cheat that I would do, and this is what I would give to to pastors that are listening. I would take three expositional commentaries, mm-hmm. okay? So again, like we said in the last episode, which is basically a guy's expositional sermon. Yes. I'd take three expositional commentaries. I, I would photocopy the table of contents. I would lay those three out, and I would see 
how did this guy, how did he break down each passage into a preachable thing? And what was crazy was they're always different. Always different, yeah. You know, one guy is going to bring in this verse. Another guy is going to take where, – where one guy would preach one sermon through a longer one, I would I would do two. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little more long-winded. But, yeah. Okay, so using that, what I would do is I would then get a Word document started, yeah. and I would, in the left side of that document, I would type out the date of the 52 Sundays of the next year. Yeah. Just so get a calendar. It's January 3, it's January 10, 10 it's January yeah. 17, it's January 24. Okay. And then I would, you know, I would I would always, you know, build in, you know, vacation time or Easter, give it, you know, Easter, Christmas, all that stuff. Yeah. And I yeah. would use I usually would I try the to same thing. I would try to usually wrap up whatever book of the Bible I'm preaching through, you know, by first part of December. Yeah. So you can have the Christmas season whatever. Okay. So then here's the 52 dates of the year. And then once I had – so then what I would do is I would write the text for each date. Yeah. So I literally knew by November I could – if I, I could tell you what I was be preaching on the next November. I yeah. knew that text. Right. So I'd write the text out. And then what I would work on is a very rough CIT. Okay. So how – how did you just explain? How did you get to that? Was so, that just through your reading yeah. and through the? So I've read, I've reread I've, the I've, whole I've, text in, in my second reading. Yeah, I've I've I'm sketching out the preachable portions of the book. Yeah, and then you've also looked at these expositional I've table looked at of these contents. Con- table of contents. Okay, then what I would do is I might go back and do a third read, knowing in my third read each preachable portion of it. Yes. And I'd start making notes now. I'd take my little word document and I'd say, okay, I this that you know, the the gist of this passage is here's my CIT. Here's yeah. my CIT. Okay. And then the other thing I'd do, and 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 some guys may not have time for this, but the other thing I'd do is I'd take one of those expositional commentaries and I would just speed read it. I mean I would and I would read the whole thing. And and that helped me with that CIT formation. But I would just kind of quickly scan it, you know. So like Hebrews, it quickly. maybe through Kent Hughes. I think we mentioned that last yeah. time. Through Kent Hughes. Um, uh, Kent, Kent Hughes's would be a good one to yes. use for that. So I just kind of and and that's that's a big it's a bigger dawning task to read a whole commentary in Hebrews. Yeah, you know, this is right. not that big of a deal if you're going to read through like Philippians or something like that. Yeah. And then I would just scan it, right? I'm, I, and I'm not trying to dive deep. I'm, I'm, I'm really working on crafting that CIT. And then in, in kind of after having read that passage three times, after speed reading a commentary on it, then I would not only sketch out a CIT, but then I'd just kind of write in, in a few more sentences, like a small paragraph. Mm-hmm. Hey, the general idea of this sermon, where this sermon is, this sermon is going to be about, boom, a very small paragraph for each of those sermons. Yeah. So then I'd have my Word document there. I'd have 45, 47, 45, 47 texts yeah. with a rough CIT with a few little bullet points. These are the main ideas of this text kind of idea. So with Hebrews, let's just take this as an example. With, with the book of Hebrews, how long do you think that took you to do that? Um, you know, working on it in in patches when I could, it probably takes two to three weeks. Right. So maybe 
an hour here mm-hmm. or there mm-hmm. throughout the week as you're coming through yep. the month of November yep. and just kind of working at it one little piece at a time. Yes, and one of the good things about where some guys it would get if you're going to kind of wrap up your preaching schedule by Thanksgiving, then that kind of you know, and you're going to preach like some Christmas sermons yep. or whatever. All right, now you're a little bit lighter on your your sermon prep load, yeah. And then you can do that kind of thing. Okay, so then what I'd do is I'd have that word document. So I got fifty two Sundays of the year. I got fifty two sermon uh, texts, rough CIT, and kind of a few bullet points. Okay, so I got a good I got a good document here. Good start. I'd share that whole document with my whole staff. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, if you do that for your music minister, <laughs> he's going to love you because yes. he knows a year in advance what you're preaching on. Yeah. But even like the youth minister, whoever's working with your students, whoever's working with your children, they appreciate having that because they yeah. it's good to know. And they can even begin to formulate some things that they're going to do with students or children or whatever they're doing. Your secretary, the, the person who does the bulletin, uh, I mean, just on and on. Yeah. And so – in the in the actual planning then of how to preach a book of the Bible, that's that was the process. Now, one of the things that I did with Hebrews, and we and I think we did it in another one, but so they have these ESV scripture journals. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. it, these are fascinating. They're these little. They look like moleskin. Yeah, journals, they're moleskin. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then on one page is. The text is the text, but then it always has a the blank facing page. pages blank lines on it. Okay, we made that available to our people. Hey, I'm going to preach through Hebrews, and here's the Hebrew scripture drum. Man, our people ate that up. Yeah, and a lot of people got those, mm-hmm. and then they're taking notes in there as you're preaching. And then I have found when you're preaching through a book of the Bible. Man, your people are going to start reading ahead. One of the great yes. things about it is yes. not only do you know what you're preaching the coming Sunday, yep. they, they know do. what you're preaching the coming Sunday. That's right. In fact, I would even put in the I would always put an outline of the sermon in the bulletin. At the bottom of that outline, I would say next Sunday's text is yeah. And then they're reading ahead, and I'm t- I don't know a pastor alive that wouldn't appreciate that. That your congregation is read yep. ahead. The They've actually come preach. ready. Come on. They've got some ideas. I love the idea of the, of the journal, too. It's almost like, imagine this, it's almost like a layperson is listening to the pastor preach and they're writing their own commentary. Yeah, in a sense, that's right. So, uh, and so then, when, so then when, when the new year comes, okay – I, I not only do I know what text I'm going to preach, I've already given a little bit of thought yeah. to what the main idea of this is. Yeah. So now I come back and I do my sermon prep. Right. Week Just by like week by week. What we talked about last episode. Yeah. I'm going to read this passage several times. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to write my I'm going to write my good finalized CIT. Yeah. Right. I'm going to cross-reference. I'm going to consult commentaries. I'm going to then write the sermon and work on the application. And then I would do all of that. But, man, you're so far ahead of the game Yeah. when you already know. And then, and then when Monday morning comes, I never have to spend any time 
stressing over what, got it. what am I going to preach Sunday? I go right back to my Word document, yeah. and I, I would print that document, yeah. and I'd put it right there in a handy place. Yeah. And then, okay, it's Tuesday afternoon. It's time to start diving in. What, yeah. What's my text for this Sunday? So, Todd, what I, what I did, something very similar, I took those um, table of contents from a couple of those expositional – when I did the Gospel of John, now two and a half years of preaching through the Gospel of John. Now, I took, I took breaks in, um, in the summer. I would come back and I would preach through a small Old Testament book mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. the Psalms of Ascent, and then I would do a sermon series on apologetics or marriage or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, I would get back into it. But what I did was I photocopied those table of contents. I literally pinned them to my office wall. Mm, mm-hmm. I took the Word document, just like what you're talking about, and it was about five pages long. I, I, I had some space in between for those 52 sermons-ish, mm-hmm. right? I also pinned those to the wall. I cannot tell you how many times I was doing something else, reading something else, and because I knew some of this generally – of, of the the line of thinking that I was going to be going through with the Gospel of John, I would go, oh, I just heard that. That would be a great illustration for next May. Yeah. And I would go yeah. write it yes. on yes. my document yes. and say, don't, you know, and try to write it out with detail. Yes. Don't forget it. Listen, you are doing, if you plan, planning does not take the spirit out of it. That's right. Planning allows the Spirit to use other things that are in your life to bring yeah. that with color into, yeah. into your sermon prep. That happened many times, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, that right there would fit coming up in May. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and let's just real quick, let's talk about when you're preaching through a book of the Bible, <clears throat> it's a long one. Okay, like preaching through the Gospel of John. Yeah. You know, what I tried to do at Emmanuel was we, we preach through you're not going to preach the gospel. You could preach the gospel of John in one year, but it's going to be a condensed. Oh yeah. You're either going to take really big and and to me, when it comes to expositional preaching, it's just easier to work through those five to eight verses in general. That's mm. going to be it. I mean, you know, you could do an expositional sermon over a whole chapter, but you're just going to miss so much. It's going to be at thirty thousand feet instead of ten feet, but. I did what you just said. Like, you know, we'd work through, hey, I can do I can do the first six or seven chapters of John in a year. And then what we might do is we'd take a break and do – now, I think you lose a little bit of that continuity. But when bit. it's a long book like that – or, you, you you know, I know some guys that don't give them a break. You know, I, I know one pastor, it's, uh, he's going to do the Gospel of Luke in two and a half years and straight through. And the other little misnomer I think we should address here is this, you know, people say verse-by-verse preaching. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're doing verse-by-verse preaching, but the sermon is not a dry-running homily of each single verse, you know, like an exegetical commentary. You know, expositional preaching is going to have application. We're going to have illustration. We're going to have the gospel presented in expositional preaching. It's not just a running, dry commentary on each verse. Now, you are going to touch on each verse in an expositional sermon. 
So I just want to get some misnomers out of there yeah. about preaching through a book of the Bible. It's not that dry, grinding, boring. No, it's passage to passage to passage that builds on each other, and each passage has its own unique CIT where it's not the same sermon every time. Right. So giving giving breaks can be a good idea. Another difficult one is uh, if you go if you go and preach through a narrative like like preaching through Exodus. Yeah. That or preaching through Acts yes. can be difficult because uh, expositional sermons of narrative texts can sometimes be difficult. Narrative chunks of a book, you know, like Acts is. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you you may by just in, in the virtue of doing it, you you're going to leave some some parts out or. I think in a in, in when you're doing a narrative book, you're going to have broader uh, verses, yes. a span of verses. Whereas if I'm going to preach through Ephesians, it's it, this sermon's going to be over these three to four to five six verses, but in a narrative, it may be over these twenty verses. Right. Yeah, because you can you can you can bring out the sense of the of the story mm-hmm. that's given. It's generally what a narrative is. I mean, it's, yeah. you can bring out the sense of the narrative um, a, a, as a um, uh, more of a, a broader explanation. Whereas if you're if you're in Romans or you're in Ephesians, right? Sometimes it does get down to word to word. Right, that's true. Yeah. And and sometimes there's narr- like okay, like the raise talking about John, the raising of Lazarus. Yes. I think I right. preached five sermons on chapter 11. Now, that is a narrative. The whole chapter is the raising of Lazarus. Yeah. But you can break that down into individual CITs That's where right. you got Mary and Martha and you got, you know, the, and Jesus dealing with the opposition. And In fact, that narrative continues and crosses over into, into chapter 12 before it changes that, that's right. the scenery. So sometimes a narrative you can break down like that. Yeah. But other times – yeah, especially in the Old Testament, you're gonna you're gonna be preaching on a broader spectrum of passages. So, yeah. oh, and and one other one last little thing, real quick, when you're preaching a book of the Bible, part of the the the, the planning, the prep of of that is reading all of the the background information about that the entire book. Yeah. Okay. So what you want to do is and this is where exegetical commentaries will have or technical commentaries that whole first chapter yeah is is going to be about okay uh, who are the Hebrews? Who are the yeah. diaspora? Yeah. What is the occasion for this letter? What is the purpose of this letter? Yeah. What's going on in in the in the first century world? What's the world? theological setting? Good study yeah. Bibles do this too, and you want to read those things yeah. before you ever preach the first sermon. Yes, and what we said in the last episode. Okay, you're and and I would even in the very first sermon of preaching through a book of the Bible, I would carve out time in that sermon to say, let me let me tell you about who the Hebrews were. Yeah, in the introduction. Let me tell you what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, let's just address the authorship issue here. Yeah, you know the, those kinds of things. Yeah. leave time for that in the first sermon, almost as like an introductory to the book. Yeah. And a lot of times you can use the first verse or two in the book to kind of and you're still doing an expositional sermon, but yeah. you're given the background, and then. You just that's 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 the foundation that's in the background for every sermon you preach after that. Yeah. That's so that's good. an important part of of preaching through a book of the Bible in your preparation for that is that background material. Yeah, that's good.
Okay, we need to wind it down. We don't want to take too long. Anything else you would add about what we've talked about today? Uh, no, other than I, 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 there's just so many benefits to this. Again, what you said, it doesn't mean that if you're doing a topical um, sermon series, it doesn't mean that you're not expositional. Yep. We encourage you to take a text and yep. still um, go, go about that. We've, if you're going to preach through books of the Bible, one other little one of the little recommendation I'd give real quick is um, get resources where the entire resource focuses on that book of the Bible. And what I mean yes. by that is yeah. the the Expositor's Bible Commentary, the EBC. Okay, yeah. that that's a that's a fine set. That's a good set, but it's it's a it's a multi volume. You know, you got like Matthew through John in one volume, and mm-hmm. it's they're just. They can't dive down deep enough. So what I would suggest is, you know, get a commentary and the whole book is on John. Yeah. Kind of like in in the gift that we gave to pastors, you know, that Christ-centered expositional series, you know, like that. So um, that's just a little recommendation. I think that's great. That I would give. Well, I'm excited. I think these kinds of things are very helpful. Uh, things that guys are asking pastors are asking yeah all right thanks everybody for listening this episode of feeding and leading has been brought to you by the cooperative program and oklahoma baptists visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform oklahoma baptists advancing the gospel together